I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. We have reached the conclusion of our quarter, Making Friends for God. This is Lesson 13, A Step in Faith. Talking about how we put all these lessons we've been learning into practical use. We're going to step out in faith and do the work God has given us to do. So the great culminating lesson of this entire quarterly, A Step in Faith. Yes. We should begin with prayer. We should probably do that before we do any steps at all. Why don't you start with prayer? Father in heaven, we are thankful for um, the opportunity we have to know you uh, in order to share you with others, Lord. There are those who don't have that same, have not had that same opportunity and privilege, and we pray that we may be a means that you can use of many souls coming to a knowledge of you and of Jesus Christ whom you have sent and being in your eternal kingdom. We ask that you would bless us now to that end as we study in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as you mentioned, a less a step in faith. You know, we can talk a lot. Of the lessons this this quarter, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, proper attitude mm-hmm. and you know, making building the right friendships and even and, what message to share. All of which is good, right? But none of it is going anywhere <laughs> until you take a step out in faith. There's yeah. no. Wouldn't that be the worst? There comes a point. It yeah. doesn't matter how much training and how much. Oh, okay, I got that. I better understand this and that. All that understanding doesn't equate to action until you step. That's right. If sooner we took or later. All of these good faith. lessons and it was like that was fast. That was great stuff. Yes. All right, and then set it down. Yeah. Like all right, next. You know, there needs to be some practical application. Or honestly, this whole quarterly has been for naught, and That's we right. just don't want that to happen. So interestingly enough, for this last lesson, it, 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 I know why it's called a step in faith for the reasons we just shared, but when I went through the lesson itself, I didn't get the gist as much of the step in faith as I got the reason why um, we've been called as disciples and what the commission is to us. Okay. It's kind of the gist that I got. So anyway, uh, our takeaway, our three points, mm-hmm. our three talking points this week, number one, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And that's kind of a point. layup. That's a gimme. <laughs> well, you know, we've yeah. made the point that generally we choose our talking points as points that are either controverted, they're misunderstood, or whatever mm-hmm. else. And this just seems so. Everybody's so going to be on the same page there. Or will they? And, okay. And so there's there's a there's some elements to that that are going to feed into the rest of the All study. Right. That so I one will lead into a. But that is the foundation of not just this study, but really the whole quarterly is that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It's really the foundation of it. That leads us to number two. Number two is a disciple is one who follows the master. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number three... Well, I mean, obviously there's a progression of thought there because if number one, if Jesus came to seek and save the lost and everybody agrees, then point number two should flow out of that. We want to be followers of Jesus, so what are the implications of that for us? Point number two, right? Well, yes. Well, I guess and it culminates what does, it, what, what does that yeah. mean to follow the master? And one thing that we, we will see is that a disciple is going to follow the master. Well, what was that? What did that look like? We'll, well, that's in number that. one. Okay. And then uh, number three is Jesus has called each of us to be his disciple. So number one is Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Number two, what does it look like to be a follower of the one who came to seek and save the lost? It's going to mm-hmm. have to look kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And then number three... That's for you everybody. Know, we, we could say, well, yeah, that's interesting what those disciples are called yeah. to be, those few people in the church that are especially gifted or, or whatever the else. the church as a whole should mm-hmm. be doing this. We yeah. should. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. 
He's called each of us it's an individual to be call. disciples. So that's where it comes down to at our final point here of the lesson in the quarter. All right, let's go through them. Number yes. one, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Again, that seems like a, a, a gimme putt. It should be everybody's on the same page. On yes, this one. And, and I think we will so. we go yeah. through our discussion here a little bit until we get a little deeper. The lesson brings up Philippians 2, 5 to 7. Well, it, right. it looks at the broader passage, but our memory verse is in Philippians 2, 5 to 7, which talks about how Jesus did not considering it robbery to be equal mm -hmm. with God. In other words, um, he, he, you know, to, a, a robber takes something that isn't his. Mm -hmm. And it's a fascinating wording of the statement. Jesus didn't consider it robbery to be equal. Like, I'm going to call myself God, and I'm not consider. I'm not going to consider that taking something that isn't mine. Yeah, I can take <laughs> it because it's already mine. I That's pick it exactly up and it's it. who I am. But it's, then it's going kind to of contrast. It says he did not consider it, and some translations say something to be held on to, mm -hmm. right? You know, because a robber also takes valuables from somebody. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, the most valuable thing that he had to be equal with his father, he did not consider that uh, something to be held on to, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming mm. in the likes of men. So he, and the, and the lesson highlights that the original Greek is better translated, emptied himself. That's how the New American Standard Bible reads. And emptied himself of what? Of equality with God, right? Obviously, yeah. he maintained his equality, but he didn't hold it as a thing. He was right. confident, so he could just let it go and go on this mission. There was, in other words, there was nothing mm -hmm. that Jesus held back, but he emptied himself of everything and gave mm -hmm. everything to come and seek and save the lost. And I keep using that language, but that's taken from Luke 19. Where Jesus verse himself 10. said. He's in yeah. that conversation with Zacchaeus, and he says, uh, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, I've asked people before uh, when I've done trainings, if, you could, if there was one verse in the Bible that you would choose to, uh, to summarize mm -hmm. the whole life and ministry and mission of Jesus on this earth and even beyond this mm -hmm. earth, what verse would you use? To me, this is one of those verses. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Yeah, but then there are those other things that he does. Yeah. Like, there, there That's is the quintessential. nothing yeah. outside. There's nothing Jesus did on this earth or does in heaven now that doesn't fall into that. Well, it's like you see Matthew tw chapter 20, verse 28. That's another passage that refers to this. Jesus said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's right. It, the, the seeking and saving of the lost included for him the giving of himself to make that happen. That's right. That the love of God, as seen in Jesus Christ, was a self-sacrificing love. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, yes, and the lesson brings that out. Yeah, that's the, the lesson. It, and on uh, Sunday's lesson. But I'm thinking, even as you're talking about it, there aren't many people who don't appreciate being doted upon. Uh, so Jesus gave it. We love to talk about that in church. Oh, Jesus gave everything for us. And I've, had, I've even had people give, use this language before that shouldn't, on Sabbath, shouldn't we just come into church and bask in the love of God? And it's just this kind of... Okay, yeah, I it's, guess, yeah. But it's, it's very indulgent. Like it's well, you, you're it's, taking it's you're taking something that is so ultimately selfless, <laughs> and we make it so like, self. -ish. Look at how selfless that selflessness has been lavished on me. Yes. Yeah. Well, the challenge though, Mark, and then we're going to get to this in point number two, and we're not. And quite I'm not there saying yet. we shouldn't appreciate no, we that. Should. You know. But I'm, my point is that the higher we raise the bar, which it's 
it's it's infinite, right? Yeah. Of the giving of Christ and and the love and the sacrifice and the devotion and the pouring of himself. Right. It's like the higher we raise that bar of estimation, which it should be infinitely high. Yes. We are then left in a conundrum when he's, and then Jesus turns to me, he's like, you like me? Why don't you be like me? He's like, whoa, I, I mean, I like what you did for you. He's like, no, 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 no. If you really like me, you're going to be like, well, we'll right. get there in a minute. But uh, it's well, almost a dangerous yeah. game to play, be, not a game, but you know, it's almost a dangerous mentality. If we elevate Christ, again, where his rightful position is, we see him where he is. Yes. Then the implications for us are startling. That's uh, right. It's, it's, yeah. Well, you know, the lesson brought that up on... On Monday, I thought it was, I'm sorry, Sabbath afternoon. And uh, there's a quote. It brings up the quote from Ellen White and Desire of Ages, page 131. It's in the first paragraph on Sabbath afternoon's lesson. It says, Never can the cost of our redemption be realized until the redeemed shall stand with the Redeemer before the throne of God. Mm. Then as the glory, and I mean, I just even as you're reading her pen these words and you think, mm. there is no just conception. Paul tells us that. My, uh, uh, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the imagination of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We don't have the slightest conception. Like, mm-hmm. how, what artist can draw? What yeah. graphic designer? Yeah. To, what to, poet could write it out? You know? we're, like, we could do the greatest, even of these techie times, the greatest depiction, visual, stimulated, uh, uh, yeah. uh, what are the, the holographic, yeah. you know, 3D... Nothing is going to come close. Like, we could have all that. And by God's grace, mm. when we stand in the kingdom, we're just going to be like, oh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> like, see that coming. Like, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. Speechless. And, then, and so she's talking about that. Uh, never can the cost of redemption be real. Basically, what she's saying is you can't realize the cost of redemption can't when you your mind don't know really what Jesus gave up. When you're there and you're just like, uh, first of all, the, re- the, the revelation of what heaven really is about and like Mm -hmm. and then you think jesus chose to let this away from that yeah yeah goes on to say that's exactly the next point then yeah yeah, then as the glories of the eternal home burst upon our enraptured senses we shall remember that jesus left all this for us that he not only became an exile from the heavenly courts but for us he took the risk of failure and eternal loss i mean agent and it goes Ooh. on to talk about, oh, we're going to cast our crowns at his feet. Just mm. incredible thought. Yeah. But this is what you're talking about. Just that the, the higher we're raising that bar, the more we realize what Jesus actually well, and gave even, up. And we think about this. There's other statements where Mrs. White talks about where she says that Christ was not, essentially she's saying that Christ was not loaned to the world for a short-term mission trip, but he right. was given. You know, John 3.16, for yes. God so loved, he gave. In fact, there is a construction all through it of how the love of God gives, right? And he gave right. himself, right? He, but, well, he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all of one. He retains right. that humanity. Exactly. And that's my point is that he's obviously already returned, but it's in a different it, it's in a different position than he was before, at least a different uh, uh, circumstance, right? In the sense that he not only gave it up for, like, I, I refer to a jokingly short-term mission trip, but it was a lifelong commitment, and his life is eternally long, right? He committed to right. this task for his entire eternal That's life. Right. I, I can't wrap my mind around it. And, and, you know, some of this is kind of, oh, neat, you know, we have it, but it's not new to our yeah. viewers. This is not right. a revelation but of anything. But what is new... Oh, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Like, again, nobody's going to argue this point. It's like, no, 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 amen, amen, right. amen. 
But as you said, there are implications, and that's yes. that's really where the the aha and moment that's the, comes. And that's for the goal us. of this whole lesson: is that's to, in exactly light of that, right. what do we do with it? Right. That's exactly right. Because maybe I can preface it by saying. How many Seventh-day Adventists, well, I'll tell you how many. I've been in training since my, mm -hmm. I started in ministry, and I can tell you time and time again where I have preached in various churches sermons with strong appeals to, you know, highlighting that sacrifice of Christ and asking what we're willing to give for Christ and who wants to share Christ with the world, and everybody's, amen, you know, I can ask for people to stand. I can ask for raised hands. I can come forward. Everybody's on board with that. And then I say, this afternoon, we're going to meet together. Mm. And it doesn't matter if I, somebody's going to say, well, you just didn't give them time ahead to know. I put you it in the bulletin. It. I've you advertised can, yeah. it for two months or six months. But when it comes to actually sharing our faith, mm. so few do it for various reasons. And then we have to ask, do we really, really grasp what this is saying about Jesus seeking saving the lost. Well, this I think that we do grasp that point, but then the secondary point that comes after it, when Jesus then turned to his disciples, well, go to, I mean, we're going to go ahead to Luke yes. 9, right? In Luke chapter 9. So uh, this is moving into key point number two, a disciple follows the master. That's right. In Luke 9, verse 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, now this text was not in this particular lesson, I don't believe, but it was, I've heard Elder Finley teach on this, and then his comment on his it comment on his, is, is in found lesson. in Wednesday, which we're going to look at yes. in a minute. But this is a verse that, again, is very familiar with most of the people who are coming to Sabbath school class, with our mm -hmm. teachers, with the students that are coming to the class. But I want to think through it a little bit, okay. because when, when we typically think of this verse, we think of denying ourselves. And almost any time you think of self-denial, like he talks about, let him deny himself. Oh, I can't eat the donut. Right, like is he's going to be, a, <laughs> all right, I'm going to be on a diet or I'm going to try to get more sleep. It's one of those eight natural things that I'm not doing too well or some <laughs> other secret vice that I want people to know about, but I should cut back on it. And, and we talk about like cutting out of our lives things that shouldn't be there. Which is an application. Of it's course, a, it's, a it's, it's a thing we should do in general Christian terms. But is that the specific context well, that Jesus was saying here? Here's the shortcoming of that thinking. In, in context, and that is, the, the Jesus says, if anyone will come after me, we could say, follow me. Mm -hmm. Follow in the foot. That's what you do. Right. This Emulate is discipleship me. language, like right? Me. If you're going to come after, follow in my footsteps. In other words, Jesus, what he's saying in verse 23 is to follow him in what he's already follow done. Follow his this example. Is not, hey, exactly. you want to do this thing that I'm totally unfamiliar with? No, follow right. what he's done. Follow in his footsteps. Well, so you take what we were just talking about, deny myself, give up my bad habits. And, mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're following Jesus. What bad habits did he give up? Mm. And then you, well, wait a minute, that's crazy. To even, it's yeah. probably blasphemous. Yeah, you almost say like, like Jesus stopped doing some bad. And that's where we, t you know, uh, the, the point on Wednesday's lesson comes into focus. Um, top of the page, first paragraph there, a couple sentences in. It says Christianity is not primarily giving up bad things so we can be saved. Jesus did not give up bad things in heaven so that he could be saved. He gave up good things so that others could be saved. That's now a you, heavy thought. You know, you took, take back to Luke 9. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself. Did Jesus deny himself? 
Yes, he did, because we're following mm-hmm. in those footsteps. What was that denial? Just what mm-hmm. we were talking about. He gave up the throne of heaven mm-hmm. for my salvation, for your salvation, for the salvation of the people we've not even met yet, for the p- salvation of the people we have met and, and, and are rude to us and we don't mm-hmm. like. And all, right? Yes. And, and in my mind, you know, the penny drops when I, I realize that, okay, are there even things in my life that are not bad? Yes. But I might still have to deny myself of those, not for my own salvation, like I'm going to go the extra mile so I can really get in. It has nothing to do with me getting in. It has everything to do with me following the example of Jesus who sacrificed his own enjoyment, pleasure, all of which was completely righteous and holy, all of which he would have been within his rights to enjoy and couldn't have held it against him. There are plenty of things in my life that I could do that are not immoral, that are not, you know, they're not illegal or anything like that, but that's because I can indulge in them, even lawfully, legally, even righteously, there might be a higher standard that Jesus set. Like, can I deny myself of even those right. for the sake of others? So Ooh. let's flesh that out a little bit. You've got the next point goes right along with it. Who, um, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and then take up his cross. Well, right. Jesus also took up a cross. Where did he take up his cross? To his own crucifixion. Mm-hmm. For what purpose? For the salvation of others. Mm-hmm. So then we're called upon to deny ourselves and take up our cross. That's right. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. For what purpose? For the salvation of others. Mm-hmm. You, you package all that together and you have that picture that Jesus gave up even good things, mm-hmm. even the best thing. Yeah. So others could be saved. And so it might be in, in, in practical terms. Let's say that uh, I decide as a young person that I am going to go to college and I'm going to be a medical doctor because I want to. I want to make. I want to. I. I. am interested in helping people, but I also want to have a career that makes me mm-hmm. decent money, etc. And mm-hmm. and I've got all these plans, and then God calls me to the mission field. Mm. In some remote place where I'm not going to make that big paycheck and I'm not going to have that. Am I willing to go? You know, we, we talk about, sometimes we talk about taking up our cross as martyrs for Christ. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the being willing to lay down ambitions yeah. and hopes and dreams even that may not be evil. That's right. For the purpose of furthering the, maybe, maybe, here we go. Maybe it just means driving an extra 20 minutes on Sabbath Come on now. to go to that church down the road but the big that church needs has my all, help. Exactly, but the big church has all the things that are good for me and my and family and comfortable. And my family, my, my kids don't group. have, there's nobody there for my kids. But there's a church 20 minutes away that really could use a healthy, I'll tell you, happy I hear family. that a lot. My, well, mm. my, yeah, my kids, there's no Sabbath school class there and they need... Mm-hmm. I wonder if us going to big churches is helping our kids as much as... Mm. Showing them what sacrifice means and what true Christianity Mercy. is. I mean, mm. you know, all of this is is inherent in what Jesus is saying. If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Mm. Uh, in fact, you know, the first part, Jesus, his whole life was, the essence of his life was and is the salvation of others. And I'd share with you the example I've given to, and some of you may have heard me give this example before, that... Um, you know, kids grow up and they want to emulate. Oftentimes they want to emulate the sports stars. And mm. when I was growing up, I remember one of the big sports stars, and many of you still know the name Michael Jordan. I mean, arguably one of the best, if not the best basketball player ever, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, 
there I've known young people. In fact, there was a song to be like Mike. Yes, if I could be like Mike, and you know, say a young person grows up and you know they want to emulate Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. and so they go get. Uh, you know, his you can Mike buy his gear. Mike gear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the jersey. Gear, the jersey oh, the shoes, of course. The Air Jordans. Air yeah. Jordan shoes. Of course, your bass, you know. Yeah. But what if? What if in all that, you know, poster on the wall and mm -hmm. all this stuff? And so you have everything but this young man says, yeah, but there's just one thing I'm not really interested too much in, and that's basketball. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it is I like the clothes, like, the I shoes, have everything, thing, but yeah. I don't like the basketball. Like, wait a minute, that's the essence of who this guy yeah. was. Take basketball out of Michael Jordan. And so thing. it doesn't, yeah. you know, and it's laughable to us. It's, un, it's yeah. unthinkable. Like, why would you want, why would you choose a, a hero? Mm. Why would you choose to be the follower of somebody, the essence of whose life you have nothing in common with? Mm. But how many Christians, so-called, say, right. oh, I'm a follower of Jesus, Ah, but I'm not really interested in going out, witnessing, seeking and saving the lost. Like, what? Yeah. That, That's who that he wasn't was. a thing that he did. Yeah. That was who he is. And for every true disciple of Christ, it's not a thing that we do to witness. It's the essence of who we are because it's who our master was. And we've repeated this over and over, but we've talked about how one of the fatal flaws in our thinking when it comes to winning souls is that evangelism or outreach or witnessing is an event. Like, I did some witnessing. I did. Yes. It. I went on an outreach. I, which I clocked no, in. Exactly. There's it, nothing wrong with out. specific events per se for the, but as an individual, I have the responsibility of being like, again, like Jesus didn't lay it down for short term, then pick it and go back. He didn't go on and off. He came down and he stayed in humanity. He was his full-time job. I hate to say it, job. but I'm going to say it. Go ahead. You know, Sabbath, Jesus was in the synagogue, right? Mm -hmm. But Saturday night after sundown, he went over to his friend's house Come on and had now, a big Mark. party. Come on right? now, Mark. <laughs> Pop some popcorn. Now, he did pizza, He did socialize with sinners. I'm but, not talking but, about... Of course you but, but Socializing's about, not evil. Right, but that's the point, though. He Even in his socializing, he was looking for opportunities to win. You know, he, but what I'm saying is, yeah. you know, and I'm taking that a little tongue-in-cheek, but that like sometimes we're like, oh, I was so spiritual today i need to just take a break like exactly. we punch into spirituality we punch out like i'm a christian sometimes but i've got to stop for a while right he I'm... didn't just have like the sermon on the mount it's like that was a good day's work now I'm good. <laughs> no he kept he was consistently that person in all of his life and there is an in, there is a comprehensive nature right. to our mission that i think we sometimes miss out on when we compartmentalize it as certain events that's right and we kind of we kind of merged into number three. Number one, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Yes. You know, in the lesson, I want the class to be clear that that was the essence of Jesus' life. Why? Because it helps me to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. If mm -hmm. I don't know what he was about, I don't know what I'm supposed to be about. But I'm, I'm jumping the gun again because in point number two, we're just looking at what a disciple is. Mm. It's point number three where we want to bring home that, oh, by the way, we're all called to be disciples. Because somebody mm. can say, oh, wow, yeah, sounds like a disciple has to be a, like he's a monk living up in a, you know, right. he's, like, there's a few people and they got to give up everything and then the rest of a, no. Jesus has called us all to be his disciples. The Great mm -hmm. Commission you find in all four Gospels in some variation. Right. Um, I'm thinking of John 21 because the lesson brings it out where Jesus calls Peter back to that. Of course, in, in John, Jesus also said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. He, did, you know, he didn't just narrow it down to Peter, but because of Peter's denial specifically, yeah. he calls him back to, to discipleship. And you know, there's different yeah. elements of that. But the essence is, he said, if you love me, well, feed pause, my sheep. Feed well, my I was going to say, pause right there. If you said the phrase, 
All right, oh. friends, what do people know when Jesus said, if you love me? I, I'm almost guaranteeing yeah. nine times out of ten, every Seventh-day Adventist will rightly say, yes. keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 15. Right. But in the same Gospel of John, later on in John chapter 21, when he's speaking to Peter, he uses that same phrase, if you love me. But he doesn't just generally say, keep my commandments. He specifically says, feed my sheep. Right. And so that same command of Christ to Peter is the command of Christ to us. That's right. That we have to keep his commandments, and part of that keeping his commandment, he commands us to go feed sheep. So yes. I can't be a follower of Jesus and not do the thing that Jesus yeah. personally did and commanded me to do. And that's what I do because I love him. He that's said, right. if you love me, do this. It's a response of love. That's right. You know, the book Desire of Ages says on page 822, speaking of the Great Commission, the Savior's commission to the disciples includes all the believers. It includes all believers in Christ to the end of time. It goes on to say, it is a fatal mistake to suppose that the work of saving souls depends alone upon the ordained minister. Mm. All to whom the heavenly inspiration has come are to put in trust with the gospel. All who receive the life of Christ, that's every believer, are ordained to work for the salvation of their fellow men. For this work the church was established, and all who take upon themselves its sacred vows, the churches, that is in baptism, if you're a baptized member of the church, are thereby pledged to be co-workers with Christ. Mm. So the, you signed on the dotted line. This right. is part of it, you know. The commission is to everyone. And I was going to touch on, you know, the lesson goes into the call of the Apostle Paul and goes into the call of the disciples, Peter, James, and John. Interesting yeah. how God calls people when they're working. There's a whole other lesson yeah. in that. But uh, one of the things he told Paul is, Paul, why are you kicking against the goads? And, or kicking against the pricks, it says in the King mm -hmm. James Version. Well, a goad or prick was what you would basically poke an yeah. animal with to get it to move. And if the animal didn't want to move, it would kick it. And the yeah. Lord uses that. Paul said, Paul, you're, you're, not going, you're not going forward where I'm, I'm the one urging you on. And I think mm. to myself, how many of us is the Lord by his Holy Spirit goading on to go and share with a friend or a neighbor? And we're all worried and we're all like, well, I may say it wrong. Or I did. And we're just kicking against the pricking of the conscience mm. of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a call of God to yes. carry the gospel of the world. It's individual. That's exactly right. It, each one of us. And uh, I wanted to finish with the thought. The lesson brings out Mark 4.19 where Jesus said, uh, Matthew, sorry, where it says, follow me and I'll make, I'll, uh, follow me, me and, and I'll make, make you fishers of men. And I always like the Mark variation, the gospel of Mark, not just because he's my namesake, but, yes. uh, or I'm his or whatever. I am his, actually. That's what my mother named me after. Nice. But uh, Mark 1.17 says, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. And the idea there is when we think through this, we could. there's not a one of us who's going to say, wow, I should be witnessing more. I should have more of that love for Jesus, more of that willing to sacrifice self. But you know what? Jesus will make us become better witnesses for him. And mm. that's where our hope is. We, we, this lesson is not... This whole quarter is not just to uh, heap condemnation on God's people, but to remind us of the privilege and responsibility we have of being witnesses for Jesus and that he will help us to be those kinds of witnesses. Amen. Uh, you know, Friday closed uh, with a, a kind of a longer, several paragraph statement from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9. We don't have time to read through it here, but right in the middle of it, there's an appeal yes. that's given. Uh, she said, this is the third paragraph, you find that on Friday's lesson. The salvation of sinners requires earnest personal labor. We are to bear to them the word of life, not to wait for them to come to us. 
and listen to the, the empathy in her voice. Oh, that I could speak words to men and women with, that arouse them to diligent action. The moments now granted to us are few. We are standing upon the very borders of the eternal world. We have no time to lose. Every moment is golden and altogether too precious to be devoted merely to self-serving. Who will seek God earnestly and from him draw strength and grace to be his faithful workers in the missionary field? Amen. Friends, this is the appeal that we want to give to you, the same that the Lord has given in his word, the servant mm -hmm. the Lord has given in the writings, that we want to give today. That every one of us looks at a Jesus who gave everything. That's right. And we love him. But then that same Jesus turned to us and said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Amen. And we have a commission. We have a mission. And every one of us needs to be more than merely a member of the church. We need to be a missionary for Jesus Christ. That was the purpose of this entire lesson. And I hope that that is not lost as we review that lesson this week so that each of us can do the work that God gave us to do and by his grace, hasten the coming of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you so much for another opportunity to study from your word. But Lord, what a travesty it would be if we merely studied it for information and set it on the shelf and walked away. Lord, please don't let that be the case this time. Let every member of the Sabbath school and of the church recognize and realize, appreciate, maybe for the first time, or at least in a greater way, the responsibility of personal ministry you've given to each one of us. Help us to know this precious message. Help us to know Jesus for ourselves and, like Jesus, give ourselves for the saving of the lost. To that end, Lord, Bless us, keep us faithful, and make us useful for you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.